Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what-ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and, and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice. Nice. Welcome into another edition of the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. I am your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, the former host of this show and now the uh, host of Jeffrey and Giannato on 92.9 ESPN Radio in Memphis. Jeffrey Wright joins. We are brought to you by the Oxford Crystal. The Oxford Crystal is on Highway 6 West in Oxford, right next door to the Oxford Exxon. The drive-thru is open, uh, and they're open for delivery. Uber Eats, Grubhub, um, uh, Waiter, DoorDash. I'm not even sure which of those are in Oxford, which of those are everywhere, but... If you have a crystal in uh, around you, take care of it. Uh, it'd be a great place to uh, grab a, a dinner, grab a lunch, grab some carryout. You're helping us. You're helping uh, the people who support us as well. Uh, they've got all the the chicks and the pups and all the things that Jeffrey loves. They've also have the uh, the one dollar new crystal catch. It's the hush puppy battered fish. They've got uh, the new fresh cracked egg biscuits, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, the sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. And, of course, they've got the always dependable scrambler breakfast bowls so you can get through the uh, the drive through and still enjoy your crystal throughout the day, whether it's at the Oxford Crystal or your neighborhood crystal. We would appreciate it. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900, 662-257-1900. 1900 call that number ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours uh the quote's gonna be right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle you get your quote and uh the rest is up to you you can shop it around or you can do what i've done and that's hop into a clark ford you'll love the product you'll love the service after the sale Corey wants to be your car guy he wants to be your truck guy he'll prove that to you when you call again 662-257-1900 Jeffrey, how are you? Well, Neil, I it's a Friday, and you know I'm I'm making it at this point. I got you to keep my job, so that was a big win. That yeah, that that is a uh, it's a massive win in in this field. Um, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we started. I mean, I, I said this on the Oxford Exxon podcast a little bit. And I've really been talking about it off the air. It's April the third, I think today. Yep. Um, it's April the 3rd and the truth is at least for a while, people like you, people like me, we, we have to think differently. I mean, we have to, I, I've, I've long said, you know, we, if, if we're going to be survivors in this, cause I don't know how long this goes. We'll talk about that in a minute, but until we get the return of, of at least the imminent return of sports back, we are, uh, we're going to have to adapt we're going to have to be something different. Um, you and I were talking about this a minute ago. I've, I told Chase this this morning. I, I think, you know, for years now, when you were here and, and before you were here and, and after you were here, we've taped a morning podcast. It's made sense, you know, but we've had sports. We had sports the night before, the weekend before, and we had sports coming up that night, and we had sports coming up that weekend, and we had games to preview and practices to cover and stuff to do. We, ha- we were on a schedule. We're not on a schedule anymore. And the, the, the shows like, you know, your show is 
is is predetermined because it's a certain time each day and it's it's you know for drive time and that kind of thing but now people aren't driving now you got to get you got to find a way to get people to listen until in, until sports come back and and that's that's a challenge and for us there are no Ole Miss sports we cover co- we cover college sports and realistically there are no Ole Miss sports for months and so we've got to figure out a way to keep people engaged and um, and I think it's I think it's going to be some trial and error. I think it's going to be some nighttime stuff. We've had subscribers say, "Hey, you guys need to bring hand raised guys back. Come back at night." Let and I think in many ways it's going to be for us and maybe for you too, um, playing the role of therapist a little bit, giving people a, a a place to vent, a place to feel like a community. If you can call into a show or hear people call into a show and they express. Uh, they tell a story that sounds eerily similar to yours. You feel like you belong a little. Yeah, I think there's, to me, it seems like without sports, there's three types of shows that you can do. You can do an informative news type show. You can do the escapism type show in which, you know, hey, we know this all stinks um, this sucks. There's really no getting around it. But let's all get distracted, you know, for two hours or if it's, you know, the podcast, it's 90 minutes or however long that may be. Or you can do the what you're kind of discussing, the, you know, the commiseration type show where, you know, let's let's get real with this. Let's talk about this, um, you know, instead of. Instead of maybe trying to, you know, analyze analyze the problem, analyze the pandemic, you know, we just start talking about the things that we probably talk about with, you know, either our friends or our family. And there's that type of there's that type of experience where your listener feels like you're talking to them and and that there's this shared experience and there's some comfort in that. But to me, that seems to be the type of show that seems to be where we're headed, at least in my opinion, for, you know, throughout the summer. And I hope not, but probably beyond. And to me, that that seems to be the options that that we have for guys in our business and gals in our business. You had to. Put money on it today, and obviously we don't know. We're living in completely weird times. I mean, you know, my parents are seventy-seven, and they keep saying, "I've never seen anything like this." And I, I, I say, "Because there is, there's not been anything like this since thirty years, basically, before you were born." Um, you had to guess with some degree of you had to put money on it. Guess the next sporting event that uh, that you watch live sporting event that you watch, not counting something like WrestleMania or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, it was mainstream, mainstream, big four sports, golf, tennis. I think it's going to be golf. I think for a couple of reasons. First, um, it's a player owned entity or, you know, in, in the end, you know, I think about the two organizations that, probably frustrate me the most in terms of sports organizations and the way that they're run, the way that uh, they operate, if you will. It's the PGA Tour and it's the NCAA. Yeah. Common theme between 
both of those organizations is they are member, you know, member institutions and they exist to promote members and they're not really operating. They're not operating in the best interest of their game. They're operating in the best interest of their members. And because of that, you know, you've got guys that are not making money. There's no, there's no contracts in golf. I mean, you have off the course deals and whatnot, but so many of those, so many of those endorsement deals are predicated upon you playing on TV. And if you're not playing on TV, you're not making money. If you're not playing, you don't have the opportunity to make money. And so I think there's going to be internal pressure from the tour players to get as soon as as soon as it's re, you know as soon as it's even you know realistically possible to get back out there i think they will i think they'll be probably the first and while there's not great science behind it you can kind of understand all right you know a hundred you know it's an outdoor sport you got all the you got all the acreage and you can see where they can probably control that a little better but that would be my guess you can get away with the smaller TV crew. You can pull it off. It might not be. It might not be the broadcast quality that we're used to, like watching the Masters or the U.S. Open or something like that. But, but, but you could pull it off. Correct, and, and that is my best guess. And you know, that is not. I don't feel strongly about that. But that that is my. That is my my gut instinct. Next, uh, what's your next team sport you see? So we take golf and tennis and stuff like that out of the equation. Big four sports, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, which, and, and even soccer. We'll include that. Five, five team sports. Which, which one, what's the next one to actually play a meaningful game? I think it's going to be a professional sport. And if you made me guess today... I would guess baseball, but if you told me, and I know you're very plugged in on this, if you told me you're not confident the baseball season happens, then I'd say the NFL. Yeah, I'm, I, I, so, you know, the NHL and the NBA are running out of time. Yes. They, they sort of coincide with one another. The NBA in a I thought it was, I thought it was interesting, Chris Mannix, who yeah. I have a lot of respect for, I think he's really good. Um, he had a story out yesterday that that said, "Hey, you know, the NBA is looking at all options, but the one that appears to be the 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 one that is getting the most attention right now is this putting all sixteen playoff teams in Vegas. Yep. They've got the, they've got the room, obviously. Nobody's there. It's a ghost town, according to people who know. Um, putting them all there, making the first round a five game series, making the Eastern Conference." semifinals and finals a one game series which would be i mean just from a, forget the coronavirus for a minute that would be must watch television i mean we'd all watch oh i mean you take uh, the ncaa tournament element and you add the highest level of basketball i mean are you tell me that's not interesting yeah I'm, I'm in and then you make the nba finals a five game series so you could pull it off in a month um you have to quarantine all the teams the coaches the broadcasters um it's a game, lot. Game operations. Yeah, game ops people. Stuff that you don't even think about. You'd have to have 
you'd have to have some, whether it's ball boys or it wouldn't be ball boys, you wouldn't put kids in that spot, but you have to have people that are, you know, when, when guys sweat on one end of the floor and they go to the other end of the floor, the people wipe clean the sweat up. You, you'd have to have that. And, and that's, that's a health question in and of itself. Um, there's a lot there. There's a lot. As, when I, as I was writing it this morning in food for thought, mm-hmm. um, I kept, as I, as I read what I was writing, I was like, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. And, and, and look, Today is April the 3rd. Maybe on May the 3rd, we know a lot more about this. Maybe it's completely under control. Maybe there's been some some breakthrough. God, I hope so, because it would be awesome. We would all celebrate, and we'd have a new uh, set of heroes in our country. Um, but barring that, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence that there's going to be some miraculous medical breakthrough that just puts this away. That That, that seems a lot to ask. Barring that, I think that's too much to ask. And then you get into that whole, and this is where we start getting into the college conversation too. You get into this conversation about, is it even right? Because if you play an NBA game or a major league baseball game or a football game or a hockey game, you have to have medical people on call. They have to be there because people can get hurt in, in contact sports and you have to have people there. And are you taking people away from things that are, are more critical uh, to to be uh, you know to be involved in something that is not critical, and, and I don't know the answer to that. I, my my gut is that we'd have to have it under a lot more control before you could you could do that. So I don't think the NBA is going to happen. I don't think the NBA is going to finish. I don't think uh, the NHL is going to finish. I think those are going to end up being lost seasons, and I think the writing is somewhat on the wall there. I hope I'm wrong, man, because I would I would I'd watch all of it right now. So that gets you to baseball. Oh, earlier in the week, Jeffrey, I, I heard, and I'm sure you saw the same story, that they were starting to put together plans for a 100-game season. Yep. And they could start it around July the 1st, give or take a day. July the 4th is uh, on a Saturday this year. Obviously, if you could start the season that Thursday or Friday and have games on July the 4th, they would get better ratings than they've ever gotten ever, ever, ever before, and people would just love it and be so excited and People would watch the Braves play the Pirates and be like, yes, dialed in, done. This is exciting. And, um, you know, and, and now we had David Brandt of the Associated Press. Um, you know David well. He, David's out in Arizona now and covering the, the Diamondbacks and the Suns and the Cardinals and, and, um, and all those teams. And, and he said, you know, he's hearing a little bit more about maybe starting – a half season in August and going into, you know, late November into December. I know for a fact the the MLB Players Association have have agreed to play until Thanksgiving at the, at the least. So that does give you some time, that does give you an opportunity. But you know, he he was he expressed, you know, some doubt whether they could pull that off and if obviously if they can't get this sounds crazy, right? If they can't get to camp by the 10th of July, they can't start August the 1st. And if they can't start August the 1st, they're done. Yeah. And I think, I, I think when basically, if you say, I don't, if you say based on the current information, because that's the other thing that you, you touched on there, but I don't know if we really articulated it. The problem with making projections right now is, the projections are based upon the information that we currently have. We do not know 
if treatments will be effective. We do not know, you know, I'm not necessarily saying like it's going to, you know, it, it we're going to have to find a vaccine before we can get back to normal because I just I don't necessarily know if that's the case. But we don't know how this thing we have an idea of how this how this thing operates with heat and whatnot, but we don't have information that strongly suggests one way or the other. So there's all these variables that we're going to that are going to change the the reality and the context of the situation that we don't know. I'm not even taking it from that direction. I'm just starting to think about the logistics, the procedures, everything that's going to have to go into place just to get to where you can start to play. You know, that is a hell of a checklist. You know, you and I used to always talk about, okay, what will it take for something to occur? Whether it be, you know, what will it take for Ole Miss to win? What will it take for the Cubs to win? You know, what will it take? You and I have always had the idea of when we have to start getting into about more than five five yeah. checklist items. Yeah. And yeah. well, if yeah. this happens, you and I both look at each other and just go, okay, we're not saying it can't happen, <laughs> but... But that's yeah, a, like, that's a, that's like, a lot of unbelievable circumstances having to occur. Like, yeah, it's like, well, okay, Jose Quintana has to return to his 2015 right. form. Okay, uh, John Lester probably needs to go back. He even I know he I know he had a 4.5 last year, but he needs to have a 3.5 this year. Uh, let's see. Um, Jason Hayward probably needs to return to that 2015 Cardinals form, even though the last four years it doesn't look like he's ready to do that. Uh, they're going to have to have a couple of young arms really step up in the bullpen, and uh, they need Chris Bryant to stay completely healthy. If all of those things happen, I think they got a chance. Right, and none of those things are physically impossible. Right, they're all they, they could happen. Sure, they're not physically impossible. But what is the likelihood that all of those events, you know, and, and I understand like this is just a hypothetical, but yeah, that, but, that, but, that is the example that we're giving. And yeah, I mean, Chris Bryant could very easily have an MVP season. Sure. That, 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 that could happen. Sure. He's, he's, he had one not long ago and like Hayward hit 21 home runs last year. Maybe he hits 26. I mean, it's not, it's not a reach, but you know, now, now are you really going to count on the young bullpen? I mean, is, is Lester's 30 and he's in his late thirties now is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of wear and tear on that arm. He's pitched in a lot of playoff games with the Red Sox and now with the Cubs. And eh. and then Quintana's, I mean, you know, out of 80 starting pitchers last year in the National League, he was about 70th. I mean, are you really, you know, he's not terrible, but, but now is he going to go back and be an ace again? That feels like a lot. And so, it, it, yeah, it, it's a put your, you're, you're putting a lot together and going, okay, well, if this and this and this and this and this, well, that's a lot to count on. You might get two of those five. Right. Hell, you, you might get three of those five. But in, in, but getting five of those five, and, you know, three of those five mean that the Cubs, instead of winning 82 games, maybe they win 86. Instead of, uh, you know, being third place, maybe they're right there with the, the Cardinals and the Brewers at the, the last weekend of a season competing for a, a, a title because they're all sort of in that same boat. I mean, you know, if if we had baseball starting right now, we would be saying – 
about all three of those teams. Eh, you know, I guess they could be good, but boy, there's some question marks. But I mean, I, you, I see what you, I think we're saying the same thing. So with the health thing, it's okay. Well, if if we if we can get a treatment, and if we can flatten the curve to the place where the hospitals aren't overwhelmed, if we can get to a place where there's not a, a second wave of this. If we can get to a place where people are m- medical people are comfortable with something resembling mass gatherings, it's a lot of ifs. And oh, and we need it to happen by about July the tenth. Right, and that's the other aspect. It's not just these conditions. We need these conditions to occur in a specific, you know, it, before a, a deadline, and so. And I think another aspect of this is, you know, I think these leagues, part of the reason why I'm now leaning towards maybe it is football is the only the only professional organization that I think can be, that can kind of bully their way and as long, you know, and kind of spin it in a way that, They'll be, you know, and they'll, and they'll withstand all the heat and everything that they take, you know, from press and whatnot. The only league we've really seen that's consistently done that's the NFL. So maybe, maybe that's the answer. Yeah. And it might be, you know, I talked to Chris Landry about this earlier in the week. And frankly, he was concerned about the NFL. He said OTAs aren't happening. Yep. Many, many camps aren't happening. They'll do their draft, but, you know, they can do their draft by phone. I mean, the truth is they can do their draft in much the same way you and me and Chase and 10 other guys could have a, a sit, sit it at your computer, draft. sit at your computer, select a pick, send it into a host. Yeah. And the host acknowledged the pick and then yep. some, the next and then, person's Okay, on next the person's yeah. your pick. Yeah. You got five minutes. Pick. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, that's the fact that they're hosting a draft. Number one, thank God, because it'll give us a, an escape for two or three nights. So kudos. But it's not like that's a, a breakthrough. It doesn't really mean anything. And and so he was, you know, like, yeah, we'll see, you know, or they can they, you know, NFL teams typically report to training camp in late July. So if you're going to if you're going to go to training camp in late July, you know this, that's not a deal where, hey, training camp starts Friday. We'll start planning on Wednesday. You got to get all the logistics set up and training camp is usually a fan deal. Hey, if fans are allowed, are fans going to be allowed? It's not, not necessary, but if they're not going to be allowed, you're going to have to say that here pretty soon. And if you are, um, you know, if you, a lot of times in, in training camps in the NFL, maybe the Seahawks will, will spend a week with the lions and I'm just throwing teams out, Yeah, no, you know, and, and okay, well, how, how does that work? Do you, when the Lions... How does travel work? How does travel work? How do hotels work? Um, how do, you know, what do you do about food? It's, there's, just, there's just so much there. And then asking the players, hey, listen, once you report, you know, once the Giants report to camp, once you walk in the door, hey, it's no going anywhere now. You're not going to, out to eat anyplace. No one's coming to see you. Well, these are young men. They have families. They have a lot of them are, are have young families. A lot of them have babies. A lot of them are, are 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 you know married to to women who are in their early twenties or mid twenties, and they're having a baby. I mean, what do you do? You you, you don't let anybody out. I mean, all of it just doesn't make sense. And so, 
That's where I get that. And also, forget the family element. The professional athlete today has the team. You know, the the individual nutritionist, the chef, the the masseuse, the physical therapist, the, you know, I got my, my guys, you know. How or or how do you control them? Or you know, I, are they going to be allowed? Are they not? I mean, I there's you know there's that aspect. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating to think about it. And I know people say, well, you could just say those people aren't allowed, and you could, you absolutely could, you could do that. Um, now, just you know, keep in mind that that when you do that, it, it it's you're. You got to make sure that all the players are on board. When well, you I was gonna do say, it. I mean, you can do that, but I'm, sh- you know, I don't, I don't know one way or the other. But I would bet the players' union is at least gonna have to sign off on it, right? Yeah, and I think they probably would for the money's sake. But some of the older players, some of the veteran players who depend on that, they might not. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And then, do you play games? Here's the next question: Do you play games without fans? I, I think you have to. See, I think in the NFL you can, and I think they would. It would cost them some money, but they would still get their TV rights. And, I mean, the TV ratings for NFL Sundays would just be off the freaking charts, especially if that's all we had. I don't – now, I've said this on multiple podcasts, so people are going to – this is going to be repetitive. I don't think you can do it at the college level, and I've talked to – everybody I've talked to says the same thing. No, and I I think you've been been spot on on this point because – in the end, if you play college sports without fans and you try to play it for the TV money and, and essentially play it as a television product, you are admitting that these kids are essentially employees, especially if the schools aren't in session. You know, what if, what if the schools are online? And you, so essentially what you're saying is these kids are not students. These kids are football players. And I would be interested to see legally if that would compromise the NCAA in terms of amateurism. And my ans- my gut says yes. Well, and I, I think some of the writing is on the wall with, with the uh, with the college football season. And I don't mean on a bad way where it's canceled. I, I don't think that I don't think we're there yet. But I think we are the writing is on the wall that we are absolutely not going to have a traditional summer. We're where players are on campus throughout June training, taking a class. Maybe they get ahead a little bit. So, they, they, you know, instead of taking 15 hours, you take a class in the summer so that you can just take 12 during the football season. Uh, that's that's pretty commonplace. Uh, I think it's become readily apparent that most, if not all, Power 5 schools are going to be summer school only for at least the first summer term. And many have already declared, Ole Miss included, that the entire summer's online. Well, you can't bring the kids to campus for two months if everything's online and the brick and mortar is closed. It, that's that's unrealistic. It's 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 a health risk. It's stupid. It, it, and you can't. Rule one has to be, and 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 they'll all tell you this. And they'll all it, it'll all sound like lip service, but I'll, I'll give a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people in intercollegiate athletics. Ross Bjork, Keith Carter, those kind of people, the people that I've dealt with. Um, I, when when they say that the, the the welfare of the student athlete is is priority one, they mean it. And they so they're do. Not, and, and in fairness to them, you know, I don't think Ross Bjork got money to go play college football. I don't think Keith Carter got money to go go shoot the basketball at, at Ole Miss. And 
you know, you know, while you and I both know the dark side of what it takes to win and and, and recruiting and whatnot, all eighty-five scholarship players, even at the University of Alabama, all eighty-five scholarship guys weren't aren't aren't on the payroll, if you will. And you're responsible for all of them. And legally, I mean, that's the other flip side about this. You know, we've just discussed the procedural things. We have not discussed what the attorneys, what the counsel. I mean, the reason why, the you know, I'll, I'll keep it real. The reason why I sit in a producer's booth and Mark Giannato or Jeff Calkins sit in the studio is because of Intercom Radio's legal counsel. I mean, that's that's that you know that's a huge huge aspect of this, and I, I just don't know. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if I'm starting to wonder if college sports is even further away from returning than than we realize. I think it is. I mean. That's why I've said this on numerous occasions. I've said this on numerous occasions. The idea of a spring season is real. I mean, I talked to someone. Was it Brett Brett McMurphy? Who who presented the the four scenarios yesterday? It was uh, Brett McMurphy. So basically four different scenarios. And March playing the season March through May is absolutely one of them. Yeah, and of those four scenarios, there were, th- like, I, I forget exactly, but number three and number four, because Mark played this game with me and goes, all right, I'm going to present these scenarios to you. You tell me you tell me if this can happen. To me, the there were only two scenarios that were even logistically possible or possible in terms of I can see that occurring in the right conditions. And it was the delayed start or whatever, I can't remember if it was October, maybe start in October, finish in October, finish, you know, sometime in March. And then I think the other option was, you know, start sometime in calendar year 2021, essentially going through Memorial Day. And I said, those are the only, of those scenarios that were presented, those are the only two that make sense because one of them was playing without fans and without students. Um, and I just don't think that's possible. I know, Neil, you've presented the a possibility. Maybe you don't allow, like you don't allow fans, but maybe you, if, if students are on campus, you allow the students, family, and, and, you know, and then I can see that scenario, like that one, okay. Yeah, that's tolerable because here's the thing, and I've said this not to interrupt you. If you're going to tell the student athlete, Hey, it's safe for you to get out and have a contact sport where germs get spread in in a football game. I mean, there's contact. There's 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 saliva and sweat and sometimes blood and um, you know there, all that stuff. I mean, guys spit. Uh, a football field is a is a petri dish. By the end of it, I mean it's a lot of people on it. It's it's uh. Even if you reduce the rosters, there's no way to there's no way to get it down to a place where it's not going to be a petri dish. So if you're going to tell the players, hey, this is safe, all right, so it's safe for us. We're the ones exchanging bodily fluids down here, but it's not safe for my mom and dad. 
It's not safe for the students that we represent. How so? And that's where the liability kicks in, and it's a problem. It's a real problem. Listen, this could all be a moot point in about early July when campuses, if this gets to this place, and I pray it doesn't, and I don't, I don't think it will, but I have smart people telling me, hey, man, I wouldn't count on that. It's a moot point if we get to a place in July and these colleges aren't prepared to tell kids, report in August to move into your dorms, move into the sorority houses, fraternity houses, uh, come to campus and move into your off-campus apartment and, and get your come, come stand in line and get your parking pass and all of those things so that we can get started at the University of Blank on August the 22nd. You know, I, I said this on the Oxford Exxon podcast this morning. You know, I remember this time a year ago, we were preparing for Campbell's freshman year at Arkansas. And we, you know, wasn't too long from right now. I guess it was into June. But we had a move-in date and time. It was move-in on August the whatever that was, 14th or whatever. And your move-in window is from 8.30 until 9. You can unload your car at 8.30. You've got to have your car moved to this specific lot by 9 o'clock. And then you can come back on foot and you can finish, you know, assembling yeah. whatever it is in the dorm. Well, that, that, my point is, is that that is, a, that is a process. And they were phenomenally organized. But that, that's a that's a, something you have to plan out over the course of weeks. Well, that's you, certain you people don't, at universities. That's their job is organizing and planning. And, you know, and someone can say, well, well they, what if they're working from home doing that's like, but they don't know when they don't know what a start date is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, not you just, can you can do all the planning from home. I get all that. But it's not like you're just point, plugging. It's not like you're just plugging a name into a spreadsheet and. Yeah, you've got to go get the dorm ready. You've lit, you've got to have on campus. It's going to take a little while to get. A lot of these dorms are old. I mean, you've got to do maintenance on these dorms. You've got to have stuff ready to go. You've you've got to you've got to get classrooms prepared. You've got there's there's work that has to be done at some point that that is brick and mortar sort of work that has to be done on campus. And then when you talk, is it safe to put, you know, thirty kids in a classroom? Is it safe to open up? The uh, you know the at Alabama the quad at Ole Miss the Grove the circle um, I don't know what they call it at Arkansas or Auburn or whatever but you know my point is it safe for all those kids to be walking back and forth passing each other they're not uh, they're not going to socially distance in the dorm it's not possible what what are you what are you going to do and and so until you can answer those questions the whole football thing man is is well, I mean how about a, this Neil can you even have two students live in the same room I know. Well, and if you can't, I mean, a lot of do you these have housing. Of, do you have what are the alternatives? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and you know, and even if you have two in the same room, what happens? What are what are your? It's stuff we've never thought about before. It's new world stuff that until we have these sort of answers, the truth is the sports conversation that we continue to have, it's kind of almost immaterial. It's almost impossible to answer. And I mean, what do you you know what do you do if if you played the the uh, if you played the major league baseball season? All right. Okay. You start the Major League Baseball season on July the 2nd. Cubs and Brewers. Okay. Awesome game. Cubs win 13 to nothing. God, Lester was good. Uh, All right. So we've got one of our five things that we need for this year for the Cubs to win. Yeah. Getting close. Uh, A week into the season, um, Kyle Schwarber tests positive for coronavirus. Shut it down. Okay. So now you go, okay, well, in the last week, the Cubs have played the uh, Brewers 
and they've played the Pirates, and they've played the Diamondbacks. So you got to go check all three of those teams. All right, now you find out that one of the Diamondbacks has it. Okay, well, the Diamondbacks played the Mets and the Cardinals and the Phillies. you got to go check those. It, it's, it's, it shut it down, and then you're, and you're done. That's my concern with it. My concern is that you can get to a place where you can start, but getting to a place where you can conclude is, is hard. It's hard to imagine unless we've really changed the game medically. I worry about that. With I mean, I know my kids are, are basically counting the minutes at this point until they can go back to Arkansas and to Oxford High School. And you know, Caroline wants to. They, 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 there's, you know, they're telling each other, "Hey, there's a there's a dance competition in Memphis in late May. Maybe we'll be able to do it." I mean, I, you and I both know, but you know, they're they're holding out that kind of hope. At what point does that the, that carpet get pulled out from under them? It's it's one of the you know. Here's something no one's even talked about. If you can't open campuses on on August, the college basketball season's in trouble. Well, my question is, all right, let's let's say let's say the Brett McMurphy uh, scenario that was presented, and it's not like Brett came up with this. You know, that's the other thing I would like to establish for everyone listening. Neil he and I, to, he talked to like 113 college ads. People in our business do not sit in a room. You know, we're not that creative. We're not we're not that good of writers. We talk to people that are making decisions. And this is you know, we find a way that you know, if it's sensitive information, we find a way to protect those that inform us. But Neil and I aren't just sitting around and 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 coming up with ideas, you know, to get our name out there. We're we're discussing with y'all what we're hearing. That's our jobs. What if, what if the scenario is they start football? Because I do think we can, we can, I think you and I can both make this assumption. If they can play football with fans at any point, that will be what they choose to do. Yes, even if, even if it's a six game schedule, a conference only schedule, which is a complete, by the way, at some point, we'll have this conversation. If you only play a conference schedule, you're shutting down programs. You're shutting down athletics programs. That, I mean, I joke about ULM all the time. Oh, I have no. Screw from there, but they're done. Because they need those four dates against Ole Miss or Alabama or Florida or whatnot. That's what pays not only for their football program, it's what pays for their whole athletics program. And without that money, they shut it down. No, I mean, there's, there is a, there's a college football ecosystem. And yes, the the big boys are rich and whatnot, but the little boys need the big boys, and the big boys need the little boys to to fill out the schedule. When you got to play twelve games, if all of a sudden you don't have to do that, then your ecosystem starts breaking down. And what I think is fascinating, though, is let's say you start the football season in March, and you're going to play as much of it as you can. Are they going to play basketball simultaneously? If they can, uh, the schools that you know the schools that decide to do it, if they can, uh, they'll you know. And I got to be... presume the NCAA, the NCAA is going to do their damnedest to protect and make sure that they don't have a second year of no NCAA tournament. But what if that's delayed? Are you are you able to reschedule the venues? Are you able? You know what I mean? Like all as as Neil's pointed out about you know the planning process. These venues are are selected and planned for, you know, sometimes like eight years in advance. 
and those dates are blocked off. Well, what happens if the new dates that you need are are those available? Are you going to be able to? I think on a one-time only, if we got to that place, everybody would be so amenable that they could figure it out. I mean, it, the one thing that is certain is whether it's pro sports or college sports, again, barring some dramatic medical breakthrough, which would be awesome, it's not going to look the same for a while. If if we have it, it's going to look different. You know, the the, the if you have the NCAA tournament in, in May instead of March, it's not going to look the same. You might have to you might have to throw some stuff together at a, on a on a college campus. You know, people. I've had people say, "Well, if they play March through May, what happens to spring football?" And I'm like, "Seriously? What happens to the bowl games? I don't know. They either throw a bowl game together, or they don't. I mean, maybe they don't. You know, maybe a, but a bowl game itself. You know, if you tell the Sugar Bowl, hey, you don't have a game this year. Okay, well they can survive that. Be all right. If you tell a college athletics program. You can't have football this year. There, it's catastrophic. What if you tell you know one of the the one of the Florida directional or whatever the Florida acronym schools? What if you tell them, hey, all your games again, all your buy games, they're all canceled. What does that do? It's 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 devastating. I mean, that's those you know we've. The only thing I can see that comes out of a lost season where it it shakes it up is where the TV networks, and I don't know how much money they would lose or whether they would even be amenable to this, where the TV networks say, and this is spitballing, no one has told me this, the TV networks say, okay, well, you know how the, the uh, contracts were going to expire in four years and you all were going to bend us over? Why don't we renegotiate now at a rate that's a little more fair to us? We'll get some money into your pocket. Oh, and while you're at it, let's go ahead and, and uh, restructure a little bit. These smaller programs are going to die anyway. Let's let them die. Let's let's form a, a higher a higher league here where it's basically the the Power Five, Notre Dame, and maybe one or two others. And y'all start playing each other twelve times a year, where instead of Ole Miss, instead of playing Troy in week two, play uh, play Georgia Tech play Indiana, play Illinois. Instead of playing Eastern Illinois, play Illinois. Hey, Mississippi State, instead of playing, you know, UMass, play uh, play Wake Forest. Give us something that we can at least market. Let's make make our, our product better looking, more appealing, and in return, we'll bail you guys out. It'll be sort of like a, sort of like a relief package where you're going to get enough to keep Floating, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pare it down. You're gonna have to kill a lot of men's sports for Title IX reasons, but you'll you'll be able to minimize the carnage. I guess that's possible. That's what everyone everyone wants to avoid. That basically, what everyone wants is let's play the games. However, we have to play them. If we have to play some of them in November and then stop for two months and come back and play them, whatever, whatever you have to do to get the season in so that we get the TV money because the TV money is so vital for survival. It's that's why it's it's really not about hey what's the you know what's the best way to maintain traditions and stuff. This year I don't I, I don't think that's realistic. I mean look look no further than this. This is an election year. Forget sports for a minute. This is an election year. The Democratic National Convention was scheduled for July in uh in Milwaukee. They've already moved it to August. 
We all we both know that's a punt. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on, I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what? How does that work? Because I've been listening to this podcast. I've been Lindsey Graham and and Wondery have a fantastic podcast. American Elections, Wicked Game. They take a. a I'm a little Ameri- behind you, but I, I'm I've been listening. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a history lesson. But it, throughout throughout history, they've had conventions where the delegates go to the conventions and vote. Correct. We're still a, we're still a young country. What if you can't put all of those delegates in one room? What if the medical people in August tell you it's not safe? It's not safe. You can't put all those people in the, the what I don't know what's the name of the the arena in Milwaukee. That's five serve five the five serve forum. I think. Yeah. So yeah. That. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo's home. It supposedly is uh, you now. know one of the one of, yeah for now one of the best one of the best arenas in all of in all of, uh, professional sports and in the concert stuff. So it's a, it's a state of the art place. What if what if it, the, the medical people say, no, you just can't put all those people in there. We can't have all those people in the hotels. Uh, we, we can't do it. It just can't happen. If that happens, Jeffrey, I, I mean, it's it's not out of the complete realm of possibility that we're having to start having a completely different conversation about what's being postponed here. Oh, you, I you, mean, what happens? You said, okay, yeah. What, what happens if, you know, Election Day is, I forget, but it's always the first Tuesday in the first Tuesday in November. Well, I don't know if you y'all have been reading, but that seems to be about when most medical experts believe the second wave of this will yeah. start to arrive. What if what if it's not safe to have people at at, at the ballot box? What if it's not safe to the people well, that work? Neil, what if the place? The what if the school? You know, the school, the church, whatever. What if the the voting venues are closed? Or if they're being used as as superfluous medical facilities, I, it's it's these are real questions. That's why when everybody says you know, and we're doing a lot of what ifs, and I know people are going to say, "Man, you, you guys are painting the, the the a really bleak picture." What's well, easy to paint to paint the the bright picture, right? Which is we flatten the curve, and uh, we go back to work sometime in May slowly. Maybe we isolate part of the herd. We develop a herd immunity. The schools open up in August. And uh, all of our kids are back in school. We're all back at work. We can go to our restaurants. We can go to our bars. And uh, sometime in late September, you know, Ole Miss goes down to LSU. We kick off the season and just push everything back three weeks. And that's great. All's good. Awesome. That's easy. And if that happens, then super. But if that doesn't happen, I mean, yeah, if you're going to talk about the best case, I learned this in therapy, you got to talk about the worst case. And the worst case is we can't do anything. Well, and I would, it's why I proposed this to you. And, you know, in the end, in the end, I, 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 I don't have an agenda beyond, I'm, I mean, keeping it real here, folks. I got a wedding planned on June 27th. So for, for everyone out there that, you know, I was legitimately concerned for the last few weeks that I was not going to have a job. Like uh, this, uh, this isn't me spitballing and not considering, you know, what this means for the economy, what this, like uh, that is, I am well aware, you know, I look at my 401k too. Doesn't look great. Yeah, I've quit. Yeah. I, literally, I started. I, I 
I stopped looking two weeks ago. I, I just, I, you know what I mean? And, you know, part of, part of my company choosing to not fire me meant they weren't matching 401k, uh, they weren't matching 401k uh, donate or whatever contra- contributions. You know, the bonuses that I'd earned this year, I don't get those anymore. The bonuses that I theoretically or, you know, potentially were going to earn for the next quarter, gone. It's a substantial part of, that's a substantial part of, of income. And, you know, all these things, all these things are real and they're, they're real to me. And I don't, I don't like this idea of, you know, guys like you and me, guys that have been aware of what was, uh, been aware of what was on the horizon because we were paying attention. Well, you and, took it more seriously than I did before I did. Well, I, in I, fairness, I, because of the said wedding, I had, you know, our honeymoon was going to be in France. So I was watching and I was paying attention. Because there there were several reasons. And then I learned that apparently when you buy trip insurance, which you should always do so through John Edwards, by the way, love him, uh, you know, the insurance company says, well, it's a pandemic. It was a foreseen set of circumstances. Uh, sorry, but uh, good day. So, you know, I, I, I'm all these things were impacting me, and that's why I was paying attention. It wasn't like I was some heroic agenda-driven, you know, narcissist with a microphone. These were things that I saw that were headed this way. And so I talked about them because I thought these were going to impact us. In truth, despite the fact that, that you know, this virus has basically had a playbook and run the same playbook on the entire planet wherever it, it arises – it's one thing, I think, to have an academic or, or an understanding of, of what's going to happen. It is a completely different thing to live through it. And I, have, I have comforting news for you. Uh, the, uh, the brilliant Dabo Swinney has spoken this morning. Ah, what, what, is, what does Father Swinney say? Excuse me, Brother Swinney. He's, not, he's, he's no better. Brother Swinney said, this is America, man. We've stormed the beaches of Normandy. We've driven a car on Mars. We've walked on the moon. Wait, we did we drive s- the car? I think it was a remote control, but regardless. And didn't it not come back? Didn't we lose it? <laughs> we have the smartest people in the world. We're going to rise up, and we're going to kick this thing right in the teeth and get back to our lives. He also added, because the football coaches can make acronyms of literally anything. Yeah, they're, they're, it's them and mid-level corporate managers. God, they got the buzzwords and, and they got the buzzwords and the acronyms for anything. Tigers. Clemson is the Tigers, for those who don't know. Tigers stands for this is gonna end real soon <laughs> hey from <laughs> in fairness from, in fairness from, if they're playing the ACC schedule that's pretty much true <laughs> from his lips to God's ears I mean mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> well I think so this is this is an I'm starting to wonder if this is going to be the 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 outcome all right uh, this is where I don't get, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I am literally looking at human nature, looking at history, and applying it to the set of circumstances we have. Yes, this is significantly more serious, fatal, everything in the world than the flu, than pneumonia. Hang with me. 
I understand that. What we are obviously the approach that we are obviously taking right now, though this message has never been really articulated very well. I mean, and, and for those who are like, well, it's been said. When I have to dig, as someone who is a professional news person, and I have to work as hard to figure out this message, it's not been delivered well. So this isn't me. This isn't a me problem. This is a them problem. The whole point of what we're doing now is so that we do not overwhelm our healthcare system and essentially have, tr- you know, the the post-apocalyptic, easy for me to say, world that we see in movies or, you know, the anarchy in the street. And we don't have that. Like, this is so we do not collapse our own medical system. Because if we do that, then every problem we have, it just gets exacerbated. Okay, so that message has never been articulated very well. What happens when we get to the point where We've gotten through the concern that it will crumble the medical, you know, the American medical system. Okay, once we've gotten through that and we now know, okay, we don't have a vaccine, we don't have a cure, but we we know what we need to do. We have testing available so that that way when you first start having the issues and the symptoms, boom, we get you in. We, we know how to treat it, you know, with with the incentives that are being provided uh, to businesses to come up with more ventilators. We have more ventilator. Like we know how to, you know what I mean? Like we, we don't beat it, but we do know how to control it. And we do know how to prevent it from essentially, you know, collapsing our medical system. Okay. There's going to be a point in which that occurs. When does, is the first thing, does this end? Does our, you know, do we go back to normal when inevitably this gets normalized this virus, I should say, when this virus gets normalized and essentially we treat it like we treat pneumonia, we treat, you know, we yeah, handle well, it for like sure. we treat pneumonia. Yeah. We we think about the flu. We think about all these horrific things that kill people. At what well, point I, do we decide, OK, you know, sometimes I drive without my seatbelt on. I could crash and die. Like that's yeah, a legitimate. I think, I, like, I think what, the answer. I think the answer to your question is is until until there's a point where there's an established treatment. Like, hey, you know, we're we're a forty year old person contracts it, and they can go to the doctor, they can get tested, they get the result same day, and then they can begin a treatment program that has been proven to be ninety nine percent effective. I mean, I think until then, people are going to be very skeptical. So Ooh. my point is, my point is, does that situation occur first? Or do we have a situation? Does that situation occur before we see, you know, sports as we know it, you know, yeah, historically? So. Does do. that think, happen I, or did we so. just see? Yeah, because I, I think so. I, I think don't, we I, don't see sports as we know it, you know, as we've known it our whole lives. I think that happens after what I just explained. Yeah, because here's the thing also. And, and look, there's people that are going to argue about this. And, and, and you're going to get the guy that goes... I'd go to a I'd go to a game today at Vaught Hemingway or Tiger Stadium or Jordan Hare or wherever. I've asked myself this question. Let's say in late September they play. They play. They're gonna make it they'd have to make it available at least to some media. 
my question was, would I go? So I have two things. If, would I cover the team the way that I always cover the team? Where I'm, you know, the, Lane Kiffin opens up practices. Maybe he would not do that in this, in this scenario. But let's say he did. If I go to the practices and I go to the post-practice stuff and I do media things and I do my job, which I would do. I would do my job. I have no choice but to do my job. Would I come home? Here's the thing. I would have to self-quarantine myself. I would have to cut myself off from my family because I can't. It's one thing if it happens to me. It's another thing completely if I find out that, hey, I'm basically asymptomatic, but I came home and I got Laura sick and she had a different set of, of circumstances and she struggled or it cost her her life. I, I'm not. I'm, that's, that, that is a chance that I'm not willing to take. No, I so, mean, I actually had this conversation with a guy that's roughly my age. He lives in Florida right now, and you know he's you know he's in a, a he's not in Miami, but he's in a city in Florida, and you know his mom wants him to come home, and he can't. Well, he just he go because he asked me he goes are are you scared? I go I'm not scared of me getting it, and maybe that's foolhardily. No, I am. But, I'm terrible. No, it's just a st- statistically. Yeah, like, yeah. You, uh, there are doctors that are infectious disease specialists that I know that said, if I were your age, I would just get it. I'm going to beat it. Yes, there's a risk. He's there's like, a decent decent chance you've already had it. That's To right. me, to answer your question, to go back one, one question, I think the one thing that could happen, Laura and I were talking about this this morning, the one thing that could happen that I think would be a game changer is if they came out with a mass antibody test where we could test it. I'll give you an example. In uh, Caroline 17, in late December into early January, she just felt bad. Yeah. Ran, ran some fever. Uh, she was grinding. You know, They were getting ready for, for nationals, and they were, they were getting ready for uh, – a, a, she's in two different dance companies, and she was just – you know, she has a job, and – she was just grinding, you know, and just just getting after it. Late, she started late December. She went back and looked at it on her phone. Started around December nineteenth, and it went until about my birthday, January the tenth, where she just didn't just didn't feel herself, but just pushed through it. Yeah, had some fever, tested for flu, negative. Tested for strep, negative. The doctor said, "I think you have bronchitis." I think gave her a Z pack, uh, gave her a shot, whatnot. And she just push through it, you know, young, healthy. So, you know, a decent chance. I, I listen, I'm no doctor. I'm no epidemiologist. No, but but there's, what if, there's a statistical what, likelihood that she had it. Yeah, so what if what if she had it? Well, I'm, I live in the same house with her. Uh, Carson lives in the same house with her. At that point, Campbell was home or came home shortly thereafter, was here she most was of the time. She was exposed to it, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, a decent chance that this whole family is immune to it. There's a decent chance we've all, you know, maybe – Maybe Carson had it and was asymptomatic and never knew it. You know, maybe I had it and was asymptomatic and, and didn't know it. That's certainly possible. I mean, God, look at me. I mean, I look like the picture of health. Um, it, it, I, so it's possible that if, if you knew that. Okay, is there any so way, I, I guess uh, this is where I truly have no idea, and this is me asking. Is there any, like, retroactive test? Is there any... Like, you know, anti- uh, well, they're they're working on some stuff that would would be an antibody test where they could whether it's I think it's blood they'd have to take your blood and and, and check it but they could see okay, that you I'm have out. A, you have an <laughs> but you'd have an immunity to it and they'd see that and you could kind of 
that's that's the best that's the best method. Now you know, hey, I can go do my job. I can go cover a football team, and I can I can they probably give a wristband or something that says, hey, I'm 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 cool. I, I'm I've had it. I'm good. Oh God, could you imagine the amount of like just you know the amount of peacocking you do with that with that oh, wristband? Yeah. Like, like hey, oh, man. just hey, there's baby. just nothing better. Judgment. Oh, hey, it's baby, so judgment. Oh God, that would be amazing. My- Hey baby, I got my antibody. Oh yeah, uh, move Check over Ferrari. Up. I got, I got, a, I got a. I'm a COVID nineteen. I'm COVID nineteen immune. But I think it's gonna. I mean, in all seriousness, I think it's gonna take something like that for people. For most people, not all people, because some people, you know, are daredevils. Some people are risk takers, and some people are that. I'm gonna stubbornly say that I'm immune to this. This can't happen to me. And, and I'm not making fun of those people. Good for you. But the, but the most people, especially if you've got especially if you've got a family, especially if you have kids, you, you're, you're cautious about that. Are you, are you really going to take your family of five to Ole Miss, LSU, and Baton Rouge with 100,000 people if you don't know you're good? The answer is you're not. I mean, that, that's tr- truthfully, that's the answer. The truth, <laughs> or, the truth you, answer. or you literally have not read anything. You've not yeah, turned on I the news. Like yeah. Let me tell the, you how the, it's going in, in Louisiana right now. Yeah, those people, you're not doing it. You're just not. So, you know, you're not going to go to the Grove a week later when Ole Miss plays Auburn or whoever and, and pack the damn place out and, and, and on a hot September day in, in, in Oxford and then go sit at Vaught-Hemingway among 60,000 of your friends for three and a half hours. You're, you're three and a half. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic today. Okay. You're not going to do that. So, to me, that's what's kind of – that's the next big, the next big step. Hey, let me tell you, uh, I know you're a fan of this place. I am too. LB's Meat Market in Oxford. Uh, they're open. Uh, they are essential in more ways than than one, but they are officially essential now. And so uh, Greg and the people at LB's are open. Now, you can't go in and do what I like to do the most, which is go in and peruse and uh, check it out. That's no longer allowed. But you can call ahead, 662-259-662-259. And tell Greg what you want. He'll have it packaged up for you. You can pay over the phone. Uh, you have all that done where as much as it's fun to hang out and see Greg and talk, you don't have to because right now it might not be safe. And he'll just put it in the back or put it in your trunk. And off you go with your fresh cuts from LB's beef, chicken, pork, seafood, sausages. Uh, he's got ready-to-go meals. The uh, hash brown casserole is fantastic. The meatloaf is fantastic. The Denver steak. All, there's just so many different things. You can call Greg. He'll throw. Tell him you heard about it on the beer garden. He'll probably throw a few extra things in there for you to try for to remember for the next time. And uh, you'd be doing him a favor, doing us a favor. He is uh, great people. And uh, they're open again right across from Kroger. 662-259-2999. We're also brought to you by Community Mortgage. It's located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. It's more than 30 years old. It's one of the oldest mortgage companies in the Southeast. All the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis. So you are getting local underwriting that understands your market. It is the leader in condo financing in the Oxford market as well. So get in touch with Jason Lowe. Ask about community mortgages float down option, which allows you to lock in the current rate. But if rates go down before you close, you get the lower rate. It's J-L-O-J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Got anything before we uh, before we wrap? I just want that wristband so bad. Yeah, that wristband would be a valuable commodity. You know that 
You'd have to make oh, it a damn. God, the black you'd, market for it too. You, oh. You'd have to make you'd have to make that the felony of felonies. Oh gosh. Oh. Oh, I, I do I feel, in all seriousness, man, I do feel really, I, and I've always been, you know, someone who respects law enforcement. I, I've got, I've got so much more uh, respect for law enforcement right now than maybe ever before. They, they, they really, they're having to be smart and you know, they're on edge because you get a call and you go into a home and you don't know whether you're exposing yourself to it. Then you go home to your family, you know, those things, you know, and that's every day. And, you know, you're, you're trying not to pull people over right now. I mean, right now, if there's ever been a time that, you know, you can push no, the... I, I completely agree. Like, I, one thing that stood out to me, MPD right now is just like, you know what? We got bigger fish to fry. Make that Hollywood turn. Do do whatever. You know yeah, I mean? dude, yeah, just 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 don't be an keep, idiot. Yeah, keep it under 120. Like, <laughs> don't be reckless. Like, yeah. again, if you... You know that we are see. not worried about that fifty-five and a forty right now. But again, yeah. make sure you know kids get, aren't there. Like, come on. You know like, they get a call about a fender bender, and they're like, "Oh yeah. god, ah oh, shit." Did, <laughs> was pain exchanged? Like that's what like yeah. you get the follow-up questions. Like, can you not just exchange insurance? Yeah. Y'all just just do the right thing, please. Yeah. Like, uh, but in all seriousness, to the people that are listening out there, if you're on the front lines, uh, if you're in the medical community, uh, God bless you. And if you're in law enforcement, if you're if you're a servant, public servant right now, doing your job, the people that have to make decisions and and stuff, uh, you're in you're in our thoughts and prayers. And we do day. not envy you. <laughs> no, and thank God I'm not there. Yes, yeah, all right. Let me, that'd yeah. be our, our final thought is thank God uh, we are not making these decisions. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I was talking to Robin Tannehill the other day, and I said, I know when you were running for mayor, you never thought about having to manage a town through a pandemic. Because there's nobody thought that. And you get, you know, and you just can't win. You, you can't win. And whatever decision you make, you lose. And you see that at every level. And I'm not minimizing some of the mistakes that the president has made because he's made some gargantuan mistakes. But at this point, you know, there's just no winning. There's, there's nothing you can do, although he insists that he is winning. I guess we'll find out maybe Everyone's in November. Everyone's doing a great job, Neil. Everyone is. All right, Jeffrey, we'll, uh, we'll stop it there. Uh, thanks to you so very much. Uh, thanks to the people at Oxford Crystal. Don't forget, they're available drive-through and um, in delivery. Take care of them. They take care of us, and we would appreciate it. Jeffrey Wright, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of The Beer Garden, presented by Oxford Crystal. Until next time, take care.